Welcome to the ImagineeringDisney.com podcast with your hosts, Mitch, Lily, and Stan. Hi, this is Mitch, and this is episode one of our podcast, The Introduction. And I'm Lily. We are 10 years into our ImagineeringDisney.com blog, which first of all, I cannot believe it's been 10 years. Can you guys imagine? No. But anyways, we wanted to celebrate by starting this podcast, which we're really excited to share with you guys. Yes, we are. Absolutely. And I'm Stan. The three of us often discuss theme park history, animation, film, Walt Disney, and our own experiences inside and outside of the Walt Disney Company. And we just thought it would be fun to record some of these conversations and share them with all of you. In this episode, we're going to talk about the future of Epcot. Lots of changes. Good, mostly good, good and bad. We'll see. Uh, We also have a trip report from the times that we visited Pixar Animation Studios. I'll tell you, that place isn't a great place to visit. It's enchanting. It's really it is inspiring. Really <laughs> great. It's so fun. And we also have a little talk about the current state of the theme park industry. So I worked for the Walt Disney Company for a number of years in different creative roles. I was at Disneyland to start with, and then a while later I went to Walt Disney World. Lily and I were friends at Walt Disney World because she was working there as well. Now, she was in entertainment mostly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Mitch and I met up, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is one of my kind. He totally yeah. gets it. And and we used to sneak around at the theme parks when we were irresponsible children. <laughs> you know, not like We the were respon- young and not- <laughs> stupid. We would go in the, where'd we go? Everywhere. The, yeah. the different rides, the haunted mansion. Went everywhere. Yeah, it was, go down it was really in the fun. Haunted mansion, we, we're, we're, we're much more responsible through. adults now, right? Yeah, we don't recommend you do that, but we did work there. We knew what we were doing. And at a certain point, I was supposed to do that, but when we first started, it wasn't part of my job, I guess. But then uh, fast forward a little bit, and we became really good friends with Stan. Stan is quite the Disney and film historian, right? I met Lily. Lily introduced me to Mitch. And I just felt like I, I met my, my Disney tribe. Yeah, you were one of our kind. <laughs> we, and then, then Stan told us that he had been to every Disney theme park and immediately. We like instantly became yeah, friends. Right. Okay, this will work. I'm jealous <laughs> and I hate you, but let's be best friends. So the three of us, we, we spent a lot of time together um, talking about all of this cool stuff. And we're really excited to talk about it here to share with everyone else. One of the things I really wanted to do with the blog was share some ideas that I had, share some insights, share things that we learned along the way. Because you learn a lot. If you're, if you're really interested in learning in your work at the company, you're going to learn a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where the name came from, right? Is what you know, we kind of thought, you know, what, Lily, if, we were, what if we were Imagineering Disney, yeah. you know? And, and that, that's where the name started. Yeah, and so it's been a, it's been a fun ride. Ten years. Ten years, seven of which we actually wrote for the blog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, ten years ago, Lily and I decided to start a website. We wanted to share things that we had learned along the way, things that we had saw at Disney that we wanted to kind of make more public, things that were okay to share, definitely. What would we do if we were in charge, if we had more power while working there? And it, it just started like that. It was pretty simple beginnings, humble beginnings. Yeah, I think just, you know, I think everyone has ideas of 
what could be. Everyone's drawn up an attraction or two, you know, everyone's thought of what if they made a land that looked like this, you know, and so we just thought, what about creating a space where we could express some of those ideas and at, and at different points, we've also opened it up to our readers as well to yeah. share their ideas. So it's just been a really fun creative space and uh, we really liked doing it. So this is kind of fun to share share it in a new way. And, and Lily wanted to make a ride based on Escape to Witch Mountain, which... <laughs> I said Escape not on my to Witch Mountain is awesome, eh? I said not on this blog. <laughs> You're okay, like, get your Mary own Poppins, domain for that. Ma- the Mary yeah, Poppins. They stole your idea. That was We're gonna get to that in the Epcot section of this <laughs> that episode. Was documented. They stole Lily's yeah. yeah. Lily wrote it all up Lily. and then lo and behold, a decade later they said We're Finally, doing it. Yeah. Hey, if they do it right, they can have it. Yeah, they could have all our ideas if they do it right. Well, yeah, they, right. I think that's really ultimately what we want, right? They should. They should let us. They should let us. Please steal our of, ideas. Be, be part. That's right. Yeah, take them, Disney, but also let us work on them and pay us. <laughs> right. So it's been a really fun. The, the blog grew faster than I ever thought it would. It was quite popular. We had a lot of media attention at times. We had a lot of major publications that were contacting us. Uh, we did a little consulting work for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Did you know that? <laughs> I don't think I knew No, they, like, we need some help with some historical Disney facts for the questions on the on the game show. Okay. That's so funny. I, I know, know. The, I know the Smithsonian called. Smithsonian was on. Uh, yeah. Oh, they that's were, right. Yeah. They yeah. were linking to our blog um, regularly, and then they wanted some articles and stuff written. So it was, it's, it's been a fun, fun ride, and we've had... Uh, a few little minor controversies, like controversies, like when uh, Steve Jobs died, I wrote an article comparing Steve Jobs to Walt Disney, and magically the next day, the New York Times had written a, an almost identical article comparing the two, and everybody started tweeting saying, "Hey, I think the New York Times stole your article, stole your article. and just like rearranged it slightly." And then they got a hold of us and said, "We're sorry, we're sorry, we should have contacted you or." giving you credit or, or something. And I said, all right, we, we buried that hatchet and, you know, we're friends now. <laughs> <laughs> well, similar to your then and now posts, right? You, you, oh, yeah. you uh, were doing the uh, then and now side by side. Yeah. Uh, side by side photos. Yeah. And uh, then not too long after that, a, a then and now book gets published. So, yeah, you know, we, we inspire people. Yeah. We inspire. That's, We're here to inspire. That's right. That's, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think and one of my favorites is when Michael Eisner uh, retweeted. Well, he, he retweet. <laughs> yeah, shout out to shout out to Michael Eisner, former chairman of Walt Disney Company, who is listening to this podcast, no doubt, because he follows us on Twitter. Yeah, because he follows us on Twitter. <laughs> we have some pretty cool followers. We have Neil Patrick Harris follows us. The we other love day, Neil. What? Neil can follow us anytime. Yeah. Friend of the blog. Friend of the blog? Friend of the podcast now. He's a Disney fan, theme park fan, right? So uh, (laughs) absolutely. So we've had our little moments here and there, and we've done some fun things along the way. And then now we decided to kind of get back on the saddle and and do something a little bit different. That's why we're doing this podcast. Now, bear in mind that we're not going to be doing this podcast on a weekly basis, but it's something that we want to do uh, semi-regularly when we have some things to talk about, when things are happening uh, that we need to discuss and share. So what do you say? What do you say we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do this thing.
as you might have heard, Mitch and Lily, Epcot is is actually going to be getting some some new stuff. Future World. Future are they World. They're going to fix Future World. They are they are going oh, to fix man. Future World, or at least try. Yeah, <laughs> I think they and, were following your hashtag uh, fix future world. Yeah, my, yeah, they, my they've years. Been listening. They've been listening. Yeah. Like we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do this for Stan. My angry, yeah, <laughs> and I don't like to be angry, but you know, it just I get so I, I I get so upset walking into Epcot currently because I just feel like the park has been neglected for twenty years. Oh yeah, that. Uh, and maybe that's being a little too harsh because I think that I think occasionally they try, but Future World is just a mess, and I just don't think Future World has really done well with these different reinterpretations that that have happened. You know, Epcot '94, I think to to hardcore fans was a really problematic. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. You know, Definitely. very problematic initiative. And then some of the stuff that they put in at, for the Millennium Celebration, you know, 1999 and 2000. Was okay, but not. Then they put up that wand. The wand. wand. Oh gosh! I mean, instead of taking it down after the celebration, they just changed it. (laughs) I know. Kept it longer. This thing is never going to leave. I just thought it was never going to leave. You know, for the rest of my life. We should do a whole segment on the wand. (laughs) I know we should. I was there. You were there. I was part of the. (laughs) I was working in the leadership center, at Epcot when that decision to take it down was being made, and I was like the guy that was, yelling. Please take it down. Just do it. Just take it down. Whatever it takes. Whatever you do. <laughs> Just take it. And Please. So there you go, everyone. Mitch is responsible for the wind, the wand coming Mitch. down. Well, You're welcome. No, not really, but <laughs> I I might have helped. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mitch. I know. I'm so grateful. And then they delivered they delivered like some of those big remember the twinkling stars all over the yes. spaceship yes. earth? And they're taller than me and they delivered some of those to our office. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, that's fun, but let's get Let's get those out of here. Know, like, Bring me some animatron. Yeah. Bring me a figment. <laughs> That's what you need rather than, yeah, some <laughs> stupid cutout that star. Wand. <laughs> that wand. That just, yeah, that just makes me sad. The whole thing just makes me sad. And, I mean, honestly, just going, in, going into Future World has made me sad. Like, I, I can't even go, like, the last two trips to Epcot, I can't even go into the Imagination Pavilion. I can't even ride the ride. It, it's like Epcot was always really good at inspiring us. It wasn't afraid to inspire. But then all of a sudden they stopped trying to to be that way. Right. And yeah. and and I feel like a lot of that at least for me was was uh the neglect of the, the pavilions and really the neglect I think of really future world generally. I mean, I think they'd keep it clean basically. I mean, you know, to up to somewhat of a of a Disney standard, but I was going to say sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> But everything Parts is just, of it. yeah, just just depressing, you know. And and what yeah. they've done to the Communicore slash Interventions, you know, they put neon on it and all. And then, I mean, the, the buildings were beautiful, and, oh, and yeah, and, symmetrical and, and, and grandiose, yeah. and just just each kind of with each progressing year or each each change was never really for the better. So at at the D twenty three Expo, I was in the room. When where it happened, <laughs> where they you actually were, you were there, they were actually talking about talking about what they're going to do about Epcot. I didn't go in with necessarily with a chip on my shoulder, but I was also like, "Oh dear, like what what is this going to be?" Yeah, you yeah, because I, I think now? you get that that the anxious feeling of like change is happening. You get excited, 
but then you don't know what change means. Yeah, and so exactly. you're like, this could go could either, go direction, either direction. direction, you know. And we're often accused. People like us are often accused of being overly afraid of change. Yeah, and but to our defense, so much of the change has made us that way. Yeah. Where if you have something that you've loved for decades, and then it gets changed in a way that's not for the better, because change for the better, I think we all would I think would we agree. all that is okay. Yeah. There are many things that were changed drastically, but were improved in, along the way. Right. And then the opposite was true so often that we've all become a little bit more cautious. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A lot no, more. We're on board for the Disneyland is never finished as long as there's imagination left in the world. Like, we're on board for the concept. Yeah. Um, I, think I mean, they shouldn't use that line as much as they do. Stan wrote an article about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. quit, <laughs> quit using that as an excuse. Yeah, yeah as an excuse. But, I, but I think still, that's it. Is, we're on board. I, I, we're on board I with that, yeah. people who are historians do often get accused of like, oh, well, you just don't want any change. Well, no, we are. We like change. Um, we're on board for it. But we don't want it to be tacky. <laughs> we right. want it to be themed properly. Yeah. We're not you know? asking for an exact reproduction of the thing that we loved 30 years ago. We're asking for the the things that made that one thing great or all yeah. those things great to be applied to the new thing. So when Epcot inspired and had a vision and had purpose, let's do that again. It might be in a different way, but it's going to still be good if you kind of follow those principles. Yes, exactly. So I was, slowly as this presentation was going on, they they were winning me over. And I got to tell you, so they brought out the, um, he's the portfolio executive of Walt Disney World for um, Walt Disney Imagineering. Okay. His name's Zach Ridley. He gave my favorite part of the presentation. So first he came out wearing an Epcot t-shirt and like a Tron style jacket. <laughs> he had me at the Tron jacket. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Which was cool though. I mean, cause it's like kind of 80s, yeah. 80s vibe yeah. for this executive. And he's a younger executive. He's probably, you know, in his forties, but still that was, I thought that said a lot what he was wearing. But you can tell when fans are creating and when fans are talking about mm -hmm. it, you know? And I, yeah. and I love it when you see something like that, you're like, wow. An Imagineer who is a fan yes, exactly. was involved in this, you know? So he proceeded to show a picture of him as a child. Maybe he was like six or seven of his first trip to Epcot, no which was 30, 35 years ago. Nice. That's adorable. And he was saying, look, he was just said, this is a little embarrassing, you know, because these, you know, these pictures of me as a kid, but I love this park. Yeah. And I think instantly, again, that's where I just thought, okay, I think I can. I think I can listen to this I'm guy, this and, guy. Not, yeah. and not like, yeah, just be mad, you know. Um, so he proceeded, and then you know how in these these big presentations that they do at D twenty three and other places, but there's a, these huge screens, right? So there was this huge screen behind him, and they started to show pictures of uh, Marty Sklar and John Hinch back in the late seventies and early eighties. Oh, when they're trying to yeah. figure out what the park would be. Yes, and then construction yeah. pictures. So again, super smart. Whoever was doing yes. this was appealing to this kind of fan, you know, like, my, 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 yeah, the nostalgia, but also they, he was respecting the past and not just like wanting to be some kind of suit that's going to, that just wants to just destroy it all for whatever. He was, he, he gave, he gave brief remarks, but he, he said Epcot is a park founded on bold ideas 
And, yes, it is. And, and I think that at its core, it really is. And again, there's a picture of John Hitch up there. And I was almost, almost getting a little verklempt, you know, because <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, you know, I think, I, I wonder if this guy gets it. Yeah. You know, at least, at least mm. how we get it, yes, you know, because yes. we're, we're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he talked about um, that it's a play. Epcot is a place that's been created and recreated by Imagineers. And I appreciated that he acknowledged that yeah. it had been created and recreated. I think we can, as we were talking about, we can't necessarily say how much that we really love some of these recreations. And not everything was perfect at opening, at opening for Epcot either. Oh, yeah. There right. was some, you know, there were some things that wouldn't have stood the test of time. Let's, yeah. let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. yeah. But he's, you know, he's saying that this is a place that's unique. It's an original concept and one that the WDI is excited to take to a whole new level. And uh -huh. they kept talking about how they were embarking on this next chapter of Epcot's journey, yeah. which I think is cool because, again, yeah. they're not like trying to ignore that the past didn't happen or for good or for better or for worse. You know, they're just like we're, we're on this journey with this place that a lot of people love. Yeah. And 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 I think that they really are trying to make some make it someplace special again. It's it's important that they acknowledge the legacy that it has. Other yeah. parks without such a legacy could do things differently, but the fact that Epcot does have this really great legacy that goes back to Walt Disney himself, granted his version was a completely different concept but it yeah. evolved into what we ended up getting at epcot center in 1982 and even after 82 there was this great legacy i mean for one the park was designed kind of all at once after they got to the point where they knew they were going to have a world showcase in the future world they had things plotted out intentionally there was a lot of intention in the design it was bold in, in the design it it was it was something incredible and we can't turn our back on that we cannot forget the roots, I think. Oh, absolutely. And that's, it's a good thing that they're saying these things that you're mentioning. Right. Well, and I think that one thing that matters when I walk into a park is what is the identity of that park? Yeah. 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 And it's I think absolutely. that when different themes start weaving into these parks, you know, we could say things for other parts of the Disney parks, but those parks start to lose their identity. Yeah. And then you start to walk in and think, well, does this park even know who it is anymore? You know? And I don't think at least the future world portion of Epcot has known who it is for almost two decades. At yeah, least. no kidding. It's been yeah. 90s. Yeah. I think it lost its yeah. identity in the late 90s. Yeah, I do too. I just, it just went downhill it from hasn't, there. It hasn't, hasn't been able to find it. So Zach Ridley, you know, the WDI executive, was saying that to, to their team working on this, this Epcot revamp uh, that – they they think that Epcot most embodies the power of hope, the power of possibility, and the power of wonder. Okay. Yeah. And and so <laughs> sorry. I just I just remembered the memory of when <laughs> Mitch met the person oh, who man. made the decision oh, to tear out horizons. The person that yeah, who was oh, responsible gosh. on the team responsible. We were we were sitting <laughs> sorry. The three of us were we at were dinner. sitting at dinner with the Imagineer who whose decision it basically was to tear out horizons. And he was just like, Oh, there was this terrible thing there. Oh, it's this called old horizons. Ride. Yeah, and we, we just had to oh, tear man. that out. And I mean 
We looked at Mitch. Mitch's face. We had to like hold him back from like killing this guy. Well, up until then, the dinner was going just fine. He was, it was a really fun. He was telling then. us oh, everything. Gosh. He was telling us about all kinds of stuff. He probably shouldn't have been talking about. All the good feelings were gone. Oh my no, gosh. yeah. And then in I was, one moment, I was getting ready to ask him to go camping with me, but out of nowhere, he was like, "Oh yeah, I was the one that suggested we tear down Horizons and." And I about vomited my dinner. No, that was. <laughs> and then we went out to dinner with him two more times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the thing too they they talked a lot about was uh, transforming the physical spaces throughout the park. Okay, and that's they good. kept saying good. using the term yeah. every inch and every corner. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so right. we like promising. We I didn't catch that. Yeah. They um they 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 were they were emphasizing that, that you know both I think both Bob Chapek was saying that and then this you know Zach Zach Ridley mm-hmm. every so to quote Zach everything that 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 we're you know meaning Imagineering is doing is rooted in Epcot's legacy of authenticity and innovation. So their goal for Epcot now is to inspire guests in meaningful ways. To be a place that brings people from all over the world and from all ages to dream, to explore our curiosity, to discover the wonders of our world, and to imagine the future that we can create together. That's good. Yeah. Well, you, you, all of you probably have seen these, but but Future World is going to be split into to three neighborhoods. They're yeah, calling, they're calling them, them neighborhoods. Neighborhood, right? Yeah, they do that. They did that at Pixar Pier, you know, at, at Disney California Adventure. Oh, they like, did. Well, that's what they're calling them their neighborhoods. It's like this oh, is weird. This is the Incredibles neighborhood. Hey. And then here's the Toy Story neighborhood. You yeah. know. Oh, within Pixar Pier. Within Pixar Pier. Oh, we're gonna talk about Pixar up here later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've got stuff to say about that. It's a but, whole new podcast. But uh, right, <laughs> so neighborhoods is 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 the vernacular. So, I feel like Mr. Rogers is gonna like pop out and I know. start singing. <laughs> and would that be a good dark ride? Oh, I mean, yeah. Disney go. could buy whatever. Yeah, I was like, yeah, Disney would just have to buy right. buy the rights. So, Stan, there's a neighborhood. There are three neighborhoods. Three neighborhoods. Future. So the future, future world, world has as three we know it. Okay. Are three neighborhoods, and then World, world Showcase. Showcase is considered its its own neighborhood okay. as well. So I can and, get on and, board and, with and that. And World Showcase, you know, we'll, I'll, we can briefly cover some of that stuff. I think you know, we know, everybody probably knows that that World Showcase news. But so yeah, three neighborhoods. So the, the main entry, so Spaceship Earth is the entrance, Spaceship Earth, and then for what we formerly knew as, as Innovations or the. Interventions, excuse me, excuse me, interventions yeah. or yeah. Communicore are called. It's called World Celebration. World Celebration, but they're going to tear down Communicore. So Communicore East. East no, it's West. As Communicore West is getting torn down. Okay. Yeah, and in fact, walls. I think walls went up. Already. Oh, yeah. Okay. Whoa. So and, and also, the Fountain of Nations is gone. Too. Oh, really? Yeah. That's Ooh. right. That's right. We look. We saw those pictures. Yeah. Also, the Imagination Pavilion. Is also part of world celebration. Just so, I think it's probably out of convenience because it doesn't really okay. fit, as you, as you know, as we'll discuss. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't necessarily. I mean, doesn't necessarily fit anywhere. So neighborhood but one is celebration. Celebration already. The entrance they've pulled out those horrible leave a legacy. I mean, I thought they were mm-hmm. horrible. oh the tombstones, yes, yeah, the, tombstones. the graveyard. <laughs> oh, so depressing. Uh-huh. You know, and again, so that just was thrilling to me to see the bulldozers, you know. That was so 90s or like yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, it was, was a 90s, 90s thing. That whole like phase where they just wanted to customize people's names on things. That round fountain that's in that entry plaza, that is going to go back old school, retro Epcot, to have those 
like lucite or whatever the material Ooh, that was yeah. used spires. The thing about those cool spires and the thing that was painful when they took them out was that I don't know if anybody who doesn't care about old school Epcot is going to care one way or the other right. about those spires, about that cool fountain. Yeah. But then the rest of us who do care, give it to us. Make it for everybody who might care. Yeah. And then I think a lot of people who all don't right. even know about them are going to use it as a photo op. I think we all did that, even though we didn't know much about the – we didn't know any history about that fountain. We didn't know any design choice that went into making that and why it was there. But you'd stand there and you took a picture, and now those pictures are beloved by anybody yeah, who, exactly. yeah. who has them. And then I will say, whenever they bring back just a nod to the fans, yeah. I feel like the people who don't aren't in on the joke end up getting in on the joke because there's people like us that'll be like, and it's not a joke, but you know, yeah, but yeah. just, just like the, it, yeah. the nod to fans, you know, we get excited and we're it's like, oh little, my gosh, those things, and it's and, a little gem that yeah, you. It that is. People are glad that they're in on it, yeah. you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yes. for sure, I agree. And. So that whole the whole entry plaza is going to have more planters, a lot more a lot more greenery. One funny thing that Bob Chapek was one one of his quotes that I really quite quite liked was, and it, and it got a huge response from the crowd. <laughs> so what, what he was saying is, is we've heard the guest feedback. You know, <laughs> we're listening to you. You know, like yeah, right. But we're listening to you. Which guests? We want more. Yeah. <laughs> so we we know you want more attractions for the whole family. We know you want more of your favorite stories in the park. I'm like, um, okay, maybe wait a not. <laughs> but he said, and we know you want more shade. And that's everybody just like, okay. <laughs> which oh, is true good. because true. shade okay. is a real problem. More trees. Yes. Give us some trees. And so yes. trees are going to be, the, at least from the concept art, throughout that whole world celebration, yeah. that center spine. Yeah. Tons awesome. of trees and gardens. And they're, it's not going to be symmetrical anymore. And yeah, it's kind of a bummer. But it's kind of a bummer. Give us some trees. But but I think it looks like there's going to be a ton of trees. Now, they talked about how so Spaceship Earth is going to still have some kind of a history. They're, Spaceship Earth is going to get a remodel. Inside? Yeah. Some, inside. Okay. And they didn't give a lot of details. But what he said was they're going to go away from the from the, the, the story is going to change from the history of uh Inventions and communications. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a communications with, you know, because AT&T, right, was the sponsor for all those yeah. years. And then it kind of got changed a little bit to the history of innovate, you know, yeah, like inventing, a, inventing things, yeah. and yeah. technology, technological advances. Mm-hmm. Computers. Um, and... Now it's going to be the history of storytelling. Huh. Okay. Which. Yeah, okay. I think could work. Yeah. You know, again, because trying to find something that sweet spot that's going to like keep it t- more timeless. Yeah. Yeah. And relatable. And relatable and mm-hmm. still, but still inspire wonder. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, uh, so. Yeah, it could be done right. So and you what? Could, you could keep most of that stuff in there too. Right. The cave yes. paintings. So that's what they show. So they're going to, there's going to be a new element. It's called the story light. It looked like, it looked like Tinkerbell's. Fairy dust, you know, okay. but but okay. but uh, the storyline is going to go from yeah, it looks like fiber Ooh, optics so. from scene to scene. That's gonna that's gonna be like the continuity, okay, uh, through it. And so they didn't give a lot of details, but they showed the caveman scene. Oh, good again with 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 the Tinkerbell lights, you okay. know, going through it. Okay. But, you know, it worked. Hey. It's just like yeah. it's. I think it's gonna work. Well, that that ride had a, a fair amount of fiber optics anyway, for a long time. Right? Yeah, so it's before they tore out the. The descent when you go down. And oh just, yeah! When they when they put in the little touch screens, they took out a lot of the fiber optic stuff. But 
A good fiber optic effect is always welcome. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So it looked promising to me, and I just thought, okay, I think I'm not going to be mad. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they're going to put Moana in there too. I mean, you know, we we don't we don't know. <laughs> but uh, 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 John Lasseter animatronic. <laughs> He's big, he's big on story. Yeah. Exactly. Don't get too... Don't, kids, keep your arms... Stay inside the vehicle. <laughs> it's, like, it's not funny. That's not funny. <laughs> they'll put them... They'll mount them like several feet away from the track. <laughs> I'm just saying he likes story. Oh, he's been, uh, he's been pushing the whole story thing for a long time. <laughs> So Spaceship Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, back to Spaceship <laughs> It's going to have uh, a newly designed exit, is what they said. They showed some concept art. Okay. So I don't know. It, it honestly like looks like the that. post show? Yeah, it almost okay. looked like, to me, I wonder if the post show is, like, going away. Uh, that, that always changes, right? It's gone through some different We'll see what they do. Yeah. But what yeah. they're, okay, that's So fine. at the exit of Spaceship Earth, then... You're going to come out, and then you're going to be able to, he said, you know, Bob Chapek was saying, you're going to be able to see this whole vista of this new neighborhood of Epcot, you know. And, and actually, you, you could even. Well, like through you, windows or something? No. I mean, I mean like, as, as you exit. Like, you, like, like, oh, like you, you almost come ride? out, when you leave the ride and you exit the building. Oh, yeah. You're going to have a vista. And I don't know if that means you're going to be exiting maybe on a little higher level or oh, something. Cool, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what's, what's going to happen. Are they going to keep that VIP lounge? Because oh, yeah, the VIP above lounge. the, yeah, that was the AT and T, then the Siemens Lounge, That's right? The Siemens. Yeah, that place is great. I mean, I'm never invited to go in, but the, the couple times I have, <laughs> yeah, the time in, I was there, the space is really cool. But you snuck in when the door was unlocked yeah. once. I had to go deliver what? some. One time, one time, all the astronauts were there from the space station. They were visiting. Uh, they did something. I don't know. They did something, and they had the the executives in there dining with them, and I had to go deliver something, and so I was like. <laughs> Taking my sweet time, walking around, <laughs> hanging out with the uh, astronauts in the, the VIP lounge. Yeah, we used to we used to go to all the VIP lounges. Just once we <laughs> once we found that we just could just walk. You in. can just walk in them because again, that the, whole corporate model was gone. Yeah, right. They, yeah. yeah, so they have some of them are offices now. Some are, I guess, with the exception event. of Chevrolet, is the only only pavilion that still has a sponsor. Oh, right, the, the test track? Of, yeah. Yeah, do, they have the they lounge. Have, they have a, an employee lounge, don't they? Like, couldn't the GM employee? Yeah. They maybe don't, that, or is that back in they the don't, day? They don't treat it quite the same as they used to, but I think it is for the sponsor to use and for special events. And it's also for people that want to rent out a space. You can rent out still many of those VIP spaces in World Showcase and Future World for your private event. Mm. Oh, okay. And so, and the door's aren't always locked so <laughs> i remember just going through there and just hanging out and looking around and, and it's like stepping back in time because some of them haven't really been touched in all these years so. yeah but anyway back to spaceship Earth. Well, so you so you exit and and bob was saying that this is going to be an area they're calling it dreamers point and on and it's going to give you a really and, and they show some concept art but a really unique view of you know, this new, these new neighborhoods. And also it looks like you could probably maybe see a little bit into uh world showcase as well. And then they're going to add, and you've probably seen, everybody's probably seen pictures of this too. They're going to add another statue of, uh, of oh, Walt Disney. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. And actually I quite like that statue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a series of stairs and he's just, he's just sitting on the stairs kind of dresses something maybe kind of later in his life. 
Yeah. And looking and just looking out and uh, he's looking for the city. He's looking for. Uh, I know. He's like, uh, yeah. why didn't you build my city? <laughs> it's like, where's the center tower? <laughs> where's the people yeah. mover? He had like a little smile on his face. Like, well, okay, maybe I guess this place is okay. But <laughs> he's like, yeah. Epcot Center is pretty cool. Maybe you're making houses out of plastic maybe we would not have been a right. good idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> the other really interesting thing that I think is sad, I guess a couple other things on with this whole world celebration area is that they're building. So where, like, the Fountain of Nations is, at least according to the concept art, the Fountain of Nations and Club Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola yeah. Mm-hmm. That Coca-Cola um, place where you get the sticky, where the sticky, you know, the sticky floors. The sticky where floors, you get, yeah. Um, Beverly or whatever you know, oh, people talk about. Um, <laughs> like they're the going to build this new, really, like, an avant-garde building that's, that's going to be the festival Double decker with trees on three. Top. So yeah, so yeah, it's double. So three levels. So ground Ooh, level, which levels. will be. I, my guess is that ground level is going to be retail. I mean, hello, it's Disney. Second level is enclosed, and it's going to be rented out to groups. Maybe. I think I think it's going to be used like maybe where you go see a cooking demonstration or, or oh, no go oh, go you know attend stuff that they okay do it for the festivals. Okay. So and, are they going to get rid of the what's that place called the big tent over behind? They, they, they didn't talk about any of that. That world, like that world show place, uh-huh. world show place, yeah. yeah. So behind like, Canada, it's between Canada and the United Kingdom, right? And right. they they would do cool things like that in there. They do events. They would yeah. do events where you got to see cooking demonstrations. So that would be kind of cool to have a permanent, I don't know, festival yeah. or celebration. Yeah. And then the top pavilion. level is going to be open, and you'll be able to like see the lagoon show you know and the world show, show so my kids. my guess was when they first showed the concept art that a lot of that would be like reservation only or an, an up charge where you'd have to have a special ticket or you'd have to be part of a special group you know like the dessert areas sure. at world showcase or different mm-hmm. places absolutely you could a corporate event can rent out a space in there and I, i'm getting i'm guessing that some of that will be like that oh, i would think that they would do that and for then, sure a really expensive dessert party up on the roof and yeah. stuff like that. That's With what I'm thinking. prime viewing of yeah. the fireworks yeah. and stuff. But I'm hoping that they're going to keep it some of it open and just be That's like the space. Was, yeah, I'm fine with that as long as some of it is accessible yeah. to just, you know, normal, yeah. normal right. folk like Right. Us. It seems like, like that, yeah, they've been using that world show place. And then also the old wonders of life. That oh, yeah. that that rotunda they've been using is are like they going to tear that down? Festival. No, so there's I'm I'm going to get to that. They've got stuff. They've got they announced stuff for that. Oh, they did. Too. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, that cranium commands coming back. I wish. Don't we all wish? I mean, it's still there, mostly. Yeah. yeah. Buzzies. As long as people Buzzies. don't go back there and steal mess him. up. I'm just kidding. He didn't get stolen. Yeah, they found him at Epcot. <laughs> they found him at Epcot, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were just fixing him. So. I'm actually quite excited. I think that pavilion, that festival pavilion, if they sure, if they yeah. end up building the way that the concept art looks, it's going to be really stunning. Let's hope that I, I mean, then I'm also thinking that's the first thing that's going to get the budget cuts. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? That they're going to like that's just turn it into right? some it's big and expensive, dumb, you know, whatever. So fingers crossed. You got to think though, if they're announcing at a D23, right. like that they've, they've had the budget conversations already. Yeah. Yeah. There's also speaking of Moana, then they're going to do a big water walk through water attraction themed to Moana. Mm-hmm. It looks interactive. Yeah, what is that? Is that a splash pad it or looks something like, more? It looks like an exotic splash, like a, like a high tech splash pad. 
Okay. And like you get wet or you can get wet if you possibly. want. Possibly. It looks like you go somehow play with water or they've got the water interacting okay. with, could interact with the guests from like the two or three pictures of concept art they showed. That sounds okay. like a pretty good fantasy land thing. Maybe you just put it over there. Yeah. Know, that's a, that's why is it an Epcot? It looks cool, but yeah, why Epcot? I know. I wish that they, uh, that's something I will, will want to talk with them about. My thought, and I think I might have mentioned this to you, Mitch, you know, in a previous conversation, but that the, uh, you know how well and how horrible the 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 fountains are now at, at in front of the imagination. People think how just because they're so neglected, yeah, and then they just oh, don't yeah. work, they just don't work well. Now, this is almost like the next generation, okay, um, mm-hmm. where something that's that's interactive, and they decided to go with a more natural look because all of the rocks, they're just the, you know those Disney concrete rocks, you know, right. but but it looks like there's a lot of potential. I mean, it's like some natural beauty and some fun, and then I'm thinking some executives like, oh, I know. Why don't we put Moana? You know, that looks like Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It looks to me like something that they put in a resort pool area. Yeah. So maybe maybe put it over in some animation resort pool. Yeah. I don't know. I think of all the announcements, that's kind of the one that's got me most concerned. It's the one that I think it could it could go either way. I mean, again, if it's going to be really beautiful and really interesting, and and they have to have a Moana meet and greet in there, okay, I guess I'll have to accept it. But... But yeah, we'll see. That's kind of a wait and see for that yeah. for that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully at least it can be subtle. Yeah, I don't know Hawaii and a future I world. No, it's weird. I know it's not future world anymore, but it goes back to identity. Yeah, yeah. So then over. So speaking of wonders of life, so that area now is going to be referred to as World Discovery. That not, neighborhood. That neighborhood. And what does that include? Which... So that includes. Um, the 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 former uh, Universe of Energy, okay. so the so the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster, mm-hmm. then uh, Mission Space, mm-hmm. which okay. was Horizons, yeah, which was Horizons, mm-hmm. uh, Test Track, which oh, was... and then and then Wonders of Life, you know, Wonders of Life is you know, which so and but so Wonders of Life pretty is pretty much getting... all of Future World uh, East, yeah. Yeah, it's all future world east. Okay, with the exception of Odyssey. I, I don't. I didn't mention that. That Odyssey. Oh yeah, Odyssey. So that's be... going to be in that world celebration. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I saw something about that. I don't know if it was. Well, Odyssey is or... Odyssey's going to be like the kind of the blue sky seller of this Epcot revamp. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's good. And I think also that they're like putting... a preview center. Yeah, it's the preview center. And... That's a great space. I love going in there when it's just open for the bathrooms or. It has a little, they'll do something occasionally where they open it up. I love walking through there, that yeah. architecture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a cool building. So 80s. So 80s. <laughs> it's so Epcot Center. Yeah. Yeah. In a good way. The, what, another thing, and I don't know if this is true or not, but, you know, the Fountain View Cafe, which has been a Starbucks location for a while there in... Oh, in, Communicore In Communicore West. West. See, that now is closed. And Where they had ice cream in a... Ice cream parlor and a yeah, it used to be an ice cream parlor. Then it got turned into Starbucks. one of those Starbucks, you know, mm-hmm. that they've been in every park. So the Wonders of Life is getting turned into this thing called they're calling the Play Pavilion, which actually is like the Epcot of my childhood because that's why I love the I think that's why I love the Imagination Pavilion so much because they had stuff you just would go play with these computer screens, oh, the image know, works, yeah, all this interactive mm-hmm. stuff, and that's what this the whole pavilion is going to be filled with interactive things. They only showed. Well, they showed three things of concept art, but they only gave two descriptions. One of them is, like, you get to go help Edna Mode, like, design fashion or something. Are they going to have an attraction? Okay. No, it's just, it's just it's like... It's all, like, kid-caught it's stuff. It's kid-caught. 
It's really kid, oh man, kid See, caught with a bunch of computer screens. Okay, so if it's legitimate exhibits, that's that's fun because ImageWorks was fun and Communicore yeah. was fun. Yeah, and even uh, Wonders of Life had some decent things in there. Yeah, I mean, not great, but they were uh, fun though. But I wish they would have because they have that center area, the whole big dome area where it's all kind of exhibit space, and then then you go off into the hallways and you would go to the different attractions. So you mm-hmm. have the Body Wars and Cranium Command. Cranium Command, and they're all still kind of there, and at least pieces are. Yeah. And you'd have that, what was that one about sex? That was the, <laughs> yeah, the making, making of me. Making, making yeah, of me. <laughs> making of me. Was, <laughs> that so was let's kind go of to a, Disney World. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Martin Shore or the somebody. Birds and the Bees. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. When they reopened that for two weeks during one holiday season, I went in there and filmed it just because I... <laughs> I'm gonna get document this. That's so and then I filmed Body Wars and Cranium Command because weirdly, we were on the college program, Lily. Yeah. They do you remember they opened it for a couple weeks? Oh, yeah. I had not seen it in there, and Mitch made me go in there, and he's oh, like, yeah. "Oh, you, you got to come in here and see this." I was like, "This is amazing." <laughs> like, My, what? they showed this here. Yeah. I My mean, dad's favorite you know. attraction is Cranium Command. Still. Yeah. He's, <laughs> He's kind of in denial that it's closed that, down. It's like, like that. It's been gone for so long. He's like, no, it's so good. It's so funny. Like, but it was. It really was. It, it was really clever. It was, it was really those, cool. Yeah. All those B-list at, co- comedians. And, right. And the projections everywhere and the animatronic. I mean, it was pretty cool. It, yeah, so it was great. We saw it when it first opened when I was a kid. And, man, we lo- we went back for more. We had to get, get more of that. And clearly it made an impression, right, on the... Hey, yeah. On your family, bitch, yeah. It On my dad, he still quotes it. I mean, he That's, hates Spaceship Earth, but he loves he Cranium Command. <laughs> <Cranium laughs> Command. So over then on the other side, uh, where the land and the living seas mm-hmm. pavilions are, uh-huh. um, they're calling that neighborhood World Nature. Okay. And so that's, you know, the Moana attraction is going to be, or the, the Moana Water uh, what, interactive, pad, yeah. yeah. The splash, the Moana splash pad is going to be <laughs> somewhere over there, I guess. Too. Uh, so those three are the nature. Yeah. What's it called? World nature. World nature. Yeah. So the land is also getting a new film called Awesome Planet, which I think is going in where that Lion King film was for okay. many, oh, yeah, for I like many the, years. The carpet and the walls. Yes, with the carpet yeah. and walls. <laughs> I love going in there. Yeah. I don't particularly like the. The Lion King thing, but yeah. you go in that waiting area and it's like at the plush carpet designs on the walls. It's still, yes, yeah. weirdly, they're still there. Exactly. And then you go in the theater, it still, still smells like and feels like 80s yeah. Epcot. Yeah. I love it. So they then they announced some stuff that already had been, you know, I think, you know, previously announced, but they gave some opening dates of some things. So the Rat Tattoo. So now we're moving to just a world showcase briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they talked about you know some of these things have been previously announced but they talked they gave some details, so in the France Pavilion, you know they're building uh, a Ratatouille ride that's basically a carbon copy of the ride that's at the Walt Disney Studios, which yeah. I in Paris. love. What's the bakery? Are they going to keep the bakery? It sounds like it's all staying, and then this stuff is all just getting added to the existing. Okay, that's what it sounded like, Mitch. But I'm not. 100%. I mean, we're always complaining about not enough attractions at World Showcase, yeah. so I, it's not ideal, maybe, but it's. Okay. We went through this when they added the three caballeros to yeah. Mexico. El Rio de Tiempo, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, it, it was like, oh, this is painful, you know, but it's like, oh, well, I mean, it, 
I don't know, it was a lot of it was a lot of mixed feelings, you know, but yeah. at least they picked something that was still thematically appropriate. And we're not right. sure that we were happy with Donald being there, but <laughs> I didn't feel the same way about Frozen. Frozen was basically an American musical set in Norway. And so to kind of have that rebranded over this like I loved Maelstrom, so that was yeah, really that was really that was... hard for me to just see a hard that sort one of to, get, yeah. you know, take, and they did a good yeah. job with it. They you did know? a good job. I mean, all things considered, if you're going to make a frozen area, right? It's nice. They it's did really it. Nice. They did a good job, but still, it's it feels dislodging. I guess that's yeah. when we're yes. thinking about the theme. You know, you're you're you. When I walk into the world showcase, I love being transported into these other cultures and these other countries, and Not into that like one, a movie. yeah, and that one feels like it takes me back to. America, you know, like <laughs> Magic Kingdom. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, that that's, yeah. this isn't fit here, really. You know, I thought they should make the. I, I think I blogged about this. I thought they should have made the Frozen thing in Magic Kingdom, which would have oh, been great. which would have been perfect. They would had plenty of great. space. I yes, I wanted it to go where Toontown is. Tear out Toontown. Yeah, well, absolutely. When it was still around. Yeah, put it back there. Go nuts, because that would have been super fitting. Right, I mean, perfect. Plus, they wanted the. There was going to be that Ice Queen. Yes. Like tunnel that they had planned. So, I don't know when you when you're trying trying to decide where to put the next movie related ride. Right. Yeah. I think you got to be a little bit more careful. I think so too. Yeah. The World Showcase is a little too sacred for most of us, so you got to be careful when you're going to mess with it. Yeah. That. Right. So another thing that's happening in the France Pavilion, and this has been previously announced, but they they gave a start date. It's but. The Impressions de France Theater, mm-hmm. they're yeah. going to they're going to share. There's going to be two films in it, so there's going to still be the existing Impressions de France film. They're going to have a second. Yeah, it's going to be a Beauty and the Beast sing along. What really? Yeah, and I hadn't heard. Had, yeah, when I they, Lily, have you heard that? No, I feel like if anyone should have known that, it when they been me. first announced this, <laughs> which I think it was last year, uh, the artwork they used was from the quote unquote live action version oh no and i was just horrified like no that's rough but the art that they used for this for this one that and they said it's opening in january of 2020 okay it's from the animated one so we'll we'll see oh so the original fingers crossed that they're gonna have the animated one and i don't know how it's gonna work again i think it's just like we've got to put more Disney characters in. So what? See, like I don't mind the subtle when they like when they put in the stained glass window with the rose in it. You know, some of those like the topiaries and yeah, just things that are subtle yeah. nods to Beauty and the Beast. I was like, you know, we didn't need it, but that's okay with me. Now, Lily, you were Belle at Disney. Friends, friends, friends with Belle, Mitch. I was very good friends with Belle. Can we just talk about how ridiculous that is? No, it's not. And you know what? I'll tell you. I'm, I'm so behind this. No, you be friends with one of those characters and have one of those little girls running up to you, telling you that they have waited their entire lives to see you. You're like the guy that goes around and tells people Santa Claus isn't real. Like it, that is part of the about? magic. That's okay. When you're talking to a little girl, fine. I'll, I'll do the whole friends with uh, thing. But okay. when you're talking to your 40 year old neighbor, <laughs> no, because the adults are the magic killers. Okay. So Lily was bell at, and, and Mary Poppins <laughs> and, and, the, and friends with Mary Poppins friends, too, right? Who is by the way, much more fun than bell. Well, I like bell too. So my wife was uh, Belle in Cinderella, 
at Walt Disney World and then at uh, Hong Kong Disneyland, she was Belle. And I've never once said friends with because it's it's confusing and kind of dumb. I cannot even believe what you're saying to me right now. Magic. Wait, are you serious? You are the murderer of magic. <laughs> if, if you met if you met a grown man and it came up in conversation, would you say I was friends with Belle? I do. I say, I say that all the time. And I will. I will not tell how would you clar- how do you clarify when it when it's confusing? How do you clarify when they don't know when what they you're don't talking understand about? like Well, first of all, I wouldn't tell them. Because first of all, just to be clear on this podcast, no one is actually Belle. Belle is real. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> she comes and visits the park and she, you know, when she mm-hmm. and Beast are on holiday and they talk to the children because that's what Belle does. So okay. first of all, that's the mm. most important thing to understand. The second First of thing, all, they were they were alive like <laughs> centuries ago. <laughs> no. Okay. I don't even tell people that I would never even mention that people would be like, and people say that, I mean, they look at me first of all, and they're like, were you Belle? And what I say is, well, um, I, you know, I worked there for, you know, a few years. I did some parades. I did some, I just basically deflect the whole thing. I say, you know, I was in some parades. I was in some shows. I did. I think that's a missed opportunity to tell other people how cool you are. No. Or were. Lily's keeping the magic alive. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, this is the wrong podcast. <laughs> on a, on a side note, try being in corporate America with everyone knowing that you were Belle. Like, no, that doesn't, no. Like, you want to glean respect, don't be a Disney princess. <laughs> I don't know. I, you yeah. can add it to your Is it on your, your resume? resume? Yeah, is it on your printed resume? <laughs> no. All right, I'm just saying for cool factor. I mean, not everybody's a Disney princess or a former Disney princess. That that's pretty cool. Now, my kids, I've got three boys, ages three, five, and seven, and and they don't even know their mother was Belle. And I think we've told them a couple times. It's come up in conversation, but it hasn't sunk in. They they just do not care. Now, well, that's because the, you don't tell children, they're boys. I mean, it's terrible. And the the girls in the neighborhood that know, oh, they love that. They. I bet they're all they over love, that, right? They're all about like, that, but our, our own boys, no, they couldn't. Yeah, see, this is why I don't tell adults, care. too, because then they tell the children. They're like, did you know that Lily was Belle? And then, you know, they can't comprehend it. because Lily Belle. They, they know that Belle is real, so they're like, wait a minute, how can she be Belle? And then oh, their, their little minds explode, and, you know. It's very complicated. It's very complicated. Let's go back to Epcot. <laughs> so, uh, speaking two, of Mary Poppins, two yeah. <laughs> so, Disney stole Lily's idea. Clearly, yeah. About, oh, yes, uh, they did. Uh, <laughs> this actually at, at the D, at the presentation at the D twenty three Expo. This was a fun one. They. Dick Van Dyke came on stage. Yeah, which is awesome. They had some dancers doing a chimney sweep dance, like a step in time thing. And I just love that Dick Van Dyke does it too. Yeah, you know, I, know. I do too. Yeah, I do too. It was, it was, it was so charming. They gave absolutely no details about this ride. So what they're going to do in, in the, somewhere in the United Kingdom Pavilion, they're going to build a cherry tree lane. There's going to be so great. Which. They showed a picture of the of cherry tree lane, of cherry tree lane, but not the actual track. You're going to enter in the Banks house. You'll enter in, in number seventeen, cherry tree lane. I think it'd be really cool. You walk into the Banks house, and you know, behind the kitchen door, you can hear, you know, 
the cook and people arguing and and you know maybe you hear Katie Nana somewhere you know talking about how she's going to walk out or something people screaming and then somehow it leads into I would love for it to start you you walking into the chalk painting. I think that would be cool. There could be a lot of cool it. effects in that, even in the queue. Toys being oh, cleaned up and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, you walk yeah. through the nursery. Yeah, that would be another yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Are they going back to the Tony Baxter concept from Magic Kingdom? It didn't say. Because that'd be cool. That would they, be so cool. Because there were different iterations from what I know. Yeah. Like riding a carousel horse. That's what I want. I mean, it's just got to be a carousel horse. Well, that's what I was hoping to actually. Right? I just think that How would cool be. Would that be? It would be really cool. Like flying. I think you're on the carousel, so you load on. So there's multiple carousels, obviously. You load on the carousel. Okay. And then the room kind of closes off, so your carousel horse starts going around, and then a wind, you know, some sort of wall opens up, and there's Bert and Mary, animatronic Bert and Mary, and they do their dialogue. And he says, you know, if you're going nowhere. And she says, well, who says we're not going anywhere? Oh, God. You know, and then it opens up and the yeah. h- horses then, of course, leave the carousel. And then so you, they would go onto a track. Through. Yeah, they go onto a track. Maybe suspended How from cool above. How cool would that be? I'm in. Or maybe single file Omnimover. Yeah, see, I'm more I'm more on the Omnimover. So an Omnimover where you're kind of in a line that curves, mm-hmm. winds through the attraction. Yeah, yeah. It could be done right. Let's Let's just hope. Let's it's hope. full of uh, animatronics and physical sets. Yes. So overall, impressions of the new and improved Epcot. Overall, I'm feeling pretty bullish about it. Now, there's a couple things that they didn't mention that haven't that still bum me out because even though they're 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 going to create all this shade and all this beautiful greenery and all these wonderful gardens, you know, every inch and every corner, as they keep saying. Uh-huh. Imagination is still there rotting. The Living Seas with Nemo and Friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you not gotta, great. You got to wonder why they right. don't fix what they have before yeah. they build new things. So that's really problematic to me. This is so stupid. But, I mean, still, though, I, w- I want Horizons to be rebuilt. And I know that's never going to happen. But Yeah. I have to uh, say, though, there are enough fans, blogs dedicated to Horizons, it does seem weird that they never even seem to even want to do a tribute or a nod or anything to Horizons. Yeah, Yeah, it's like they're just pretending it never happened. It never happened. Like, so the fans are going to keep it alive, you know? We we should get uh, GE to sponsor it again and just get them to pay. There you go. (laughs) Start a campaign. Need a campaign. Just get a corporation that, like, wants to fork out some money for it. If GE was on board and they, they came to Disney, I think they'd, Consider it. Yeah. If it were Disney paying for it, I don't think okay, so. Okay, so if, if any of our listeners have connections at GE, yeah. <laughs> think that we can Let get this know. ball rolling. Right, get the ball rolling for a Horizons, <laughs> yeah. you know, a rebuild. And then why couldn't they maybe announce a new country for World Yeah, Showcase? Brazil. That mm-hmm. was the rumor. That the, and of like a busy rumor. Like there was so much yeah. talk about that. I don't know. They haven't built a new pavilion in 30 years. And so who knows if they if they, if they ever will again. Yeah. Okay, but can we talk about the logo? Oh, yeah. And dare I say, it's an improved version it is. of the old Epcot oh, it really is. type treatment. Yeah. Whatever they did, the spacing's a little bit different. Yep. Uh, we did a comparison, kind of an overlap thing. And as a logo junkie myself, I thought that old one was just about perfect. But then they found a way to... 
I think modernize it in 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 a good way. I yeah. think I think so too. I yeah, think it's pay really pay tribute to the past. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about this? A Disney theme park history museum located at Walt Disney World, tucked away in the trees, out of the way from everything else. A museum that celebrates the Disney theme parks, how they were made, how they were conceptualized, how they were constructed. And that whole museum is dedicated to the whole history of the theme parks. Surrounded by gardens with permanent and temporary exhibits all about the park history, including attractions. Picture a museum much like the Walt Disney Family Museum or the 9-11 Museum in New York or the Smithsonian Museums or some of the presidential libraries. You've got maybe a device and you have a, a, a wonderful display everywhere you look about a different part of theme park history. So awesome. Um, yes, please. <laughs> so attractions. You may not call these attractions because it's a museum. It's not a park. But let's start with five attractions. And there's always going to be room for a few more if, if needed. Attraction number one, a widescreen theater. At a 200-degree Cinerama-type screen, much like the one we see in the Impressions de France at Epcot. Yeah. Attraction number two, a dark ride. A dark ride inside the museum with boats floating through. <laughs> I was waiting for that, Mitch. Just like, it better be a bow rider. I'm not oh, this, You know, Mitch, yeah. if it was a tribute to Walt Disney, it would be a train. Hold on. Walt loves a train. Uh, I know. Uh, he also loved boats. He loved boat rides, okay? No. Yeah, so a boat-based dark, dark ride, ride meant to showcase scenes from extinct dark rides. Yeah. So you have, for example... The Rainbow Cavern scene from the Mind Train Through Nature's Wonderland with the cool waterfall effects and that those cool sounds and that music, you would be reliving that. Or maybe for the first time living that portion of the attraction. Or maybe a scene from the unbuilt Western River. Ooh, I love hey, that. Yeah. Unbuilt attractions. That would be really, so really, really cool. So it would be really cool to have you know, like one scene or something from that. I think you're onto something because this, this could be about the history and the unbuilt history as well. I love that idea. Or what was the one they were going to make that was a hot air balloon? Have you seen that model? Oh, that yeah. was that was Baxter's uh, plan for Discovery. Yeah. Discovery uh, Bay and Discovery Dumbo Bay, Circus. Yeah. Oh, that's that was, right. Yeah. He had a lot of good ideas. That model is so cool. That so model. Love that model. So you take, you have this opportunity now. If you have this kind of blank canvas dark ride with multiple rooms and a opportunity to expand the canal if you need to you can go through part of discovery bay or part of thunder mesa or part of the rainbow caverns or the original journey into imagination yeah or something from horizons horizons, horizons. so you float through and there's a narrator onboard audio in your boat narrating everything and setting setting the stage for the next thing you're going to see so think of it's a small world where you're going kind of from room to room. And as you go between rooms, you have the little transition tunnel. And then the narrator will 
prepare you for the next thing you experience. Yeah, that's cool. You have the same audio, the same sound Love effects, it. reproductions of the sets, maybe some pieces that still exist from the originals, and you get to experience these extinct attractions for a moment, one at a time. I, th- I think it'd be so cool. And, and, you know, we have a friend who creates some of these rides virtually, attractions. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think... From Disney History Institute. Yeah, bringing some of those things into a space like that where, you know, you can kind of virtually ride some of these attractions would be really, really cool really as well. Cool. I think there would be a lot of opportunity for the virtual digital version of certain things Definitely. i think you'd want to do both you'd want to do some uh, physical reproductions yeah. right and then there'll be some virtual things as well attraction number three an animatronic stage show so this would feature show scenes from animatronic stage shows of the past like mickey mouse review mickey mouse review <laughs> america mm, sings i was gonna say america, america sings. sings yeah kitchen cabaret oh yeah meet the world from yes. tokyo so you have Something like America, the American Adventure, where you have this nice big audience, you have this big stage, and the stage can accommodate multiple sets coming in and out and up and down. And you would have footage being projected from the original attractions and then the, that narration about you know the history and the tidbits, uh, the fun facts. And then you would have an actual scene or a replica uh, of that attraction that stage show attraction come out of the stage do a number animatronics and all and then disappear on to the next that'd be really cool i love that idea and and here's the thing i'm not just saying this because i'm a fan i genuinely think that would be successful i think there are so many fans that would appreciate that and and i think multi-generation yeah. Fan base would be really interested in that. And I love the idea of it being near the parks, but not at the parks. Yes. You know? Not in a park. Yeah. Not even touching a park. Right. Separate. On, on property. On property. Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, I, I often wonder this, you know, we love the the um, Disney family history museum in San yeah. Francisco. It's a great museum. Yes. And... And while Disney's family intentionally kind of put that at a separate place from it's not the Anaheim. parks, yeah, they didn't yeah. want it to be an extension of the parks. But sometimes I also wonder, you know, if it's so far out of the way, you know, I wonder if there wouldn't be more people that would come to a space like that if it were closer to exactly. where closer things are. Especially well, I think where you're kind of in the Disney mode and you're going to parks and then maybe you kind of, you know, have a five-day pass, but you want to kind of take a day off and go do something different. Yeah. You know, or you're just a fan and you live in the area or whatever. Yeah. You know, I think that it'd be cool to just have something there in close proximity to the parks. I totally agree. I think that people of all backgrounds and all levels of interest in this subject matter would appreciate it. Right. I think that kids can appreciate and it could be catered to them in certain ways. I think that if you do have, I'm a fan of the headphones that you put on like at Alcatraz or something. Oh yeah. That's you, the Alcatraz tour is great. That's a great tour because it tells you where to go next. And it, and you're listening. If you take off the headphones, it's so quiet. There are a hundred people walking yeah. around <laughs> in <laughs> silence. Yes. With headphones. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's a really nice way of doing it. Maybe they're, they're, they're a different, museum technologies sure. all over that. And I think Disney can really 
make something uh, that works really well for their audience. Maybe a junior version of the narration yeah, for kids, kid-friendly. for a kid, yeah. Maybe a more grown-up one. And maybe one for the super fan. The nerdy, geeky, yeah. Right. Kind of like by interest. Deep, you know? yeah, right, right, right. Deep, deep yeah. history. And that's a good way to, to bring people back more and more because you'll have updated uh, audio experiences. Yeah. So um, attraction number four, the Carousel of Progress. Let's move it from the Magic Kingdom Yeah. in an effort to preserve it, one. Two, let's fix it up because it needs to be fixed. I'm not sure it's going to last forever if it stays where it's at. Yeah. yeah. Give it its own new, fresh building, Carousel Theater. Yeah. Two-story. Let's bring over the Progress City yes. model. Yes. Okay. Go upstairs. Like it was at the World's Fair, right? And, and originally at Disneyland. Yeah. So Disneyland had the uh, Progress City model on the upper level. The World's Fair had uh, other exhibits. And those... Two locations, you would exit the ride up a ramp that took you to the center of the yeah. the upper level. Right. So something like that. And you what know, better attraction? I love that. Isn't this great? This I mean, is so great. Might I say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of getting excited about it, which is I you know do. problematic because it's not going to happen. So like I'm sort of getting excited and my wife at the same time. <laughs> my wife even liked it. She doesn't even wow. always like my ideas. Okay. She liked this one. I like that. See, that's the thing. This is this is this touches different fan my bases all in one. My grandparents will go to Walt Disney World and maybe spend a half day at World Showcase and maybe a half day at Magic Kingdom. I think they would spend a full day here. Yeah. They really yeah, that museum would really appeal. I think it would appeal to a lot of different ages and yeah. demographics. So what better attraction to transplant than oh, the carousel see, of progress. Mitch, I think that's so brilliant yeah. because I'm with you. I mean, one of the things, I do worry about it because I think that, I think where it is, is vulnerable. Yeah. Oh, you so know? vulnerable. If it's at the museum, it's going to be preserved or it could be preserved yeah. forever for future generations. And it could, you can give it some context because yes. you are at a museum. Exactly. I do appreciate they have the little footage of Walt talking about the World's Fair when you're waiting for the load area to yes. open. That's right. great. I, I love that. You can do that similar, something similar uh, here at the museum. But what better attraction to move from one place to this museum than, yeah. than something that Walt was so heavily involved in? It was located at the World's Fair, moved, picked up and moved to Disneyland, moved to Magic Kingdom. No other attraction has been moved quite like that, or at least that many times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, interesting. And really, it's the, it's the oldest attraction at Walt Disney World. Yeah. By a long shot. Oh, yeah. There are no other attractions, I mean, that I could think of that are older than 1971. Yeah. So that's attraction number four. Attraction number five. Wow. This is... I know. This is quite the the museum. I'm excited for this. (laughs) It's a full day experience. Yeah. I love it. It'll be better than studios. (laughs) Like... But a lot better. Seriously. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, there will be more things to do than this. I was going to say, yeah. Already. <laughs> uh, attraction number five. Themed. A people mover. Okay, yeah. I'm sold. Oh, you're killing me. That's great. Yes, please. <laughs> so the idea is that it winds through the museum. It goes through the outside gardens a little okay, bit. Okay, so there's a people mover and a boat ride. Uh, yeah. I like it. And they cross paths. In Is there going to be a train as well? I feel like if you're going to have a people mover, a boat ride, you got to have a train. Okay, well, number five is people mover. <laughs> <laughs> and I, 
phase two. Phase I, two. Okay. If I had a number six, and I'd been thinking about this a lot, okay, it would have to be a, a train, like a little like narrow gauge mine train type yeah. train on the outside. Yeah. And maybe it goes through the inside too. So yes, let's yeah. do it. So people mover, gardens, exhibits, temporary exhibits, uh, train on the outside, uh, theaters. Small theaters kind of sprinkled throughout. This could be a significant addition to your uh, seven-day vacation. Right. It could oh, be. Absolutely. The first thing my wife said when I told her the idea, she said, that's a great alternative to spending a day at the park. You go two or three days at the parks, you're tired. Maybe the museum is a, a better option. You, you need a break. Option. But it is that it could appeal to so many different audiences because yeah. there's you know the three of us. I mean, I think we'd want the right. deep dive, you know, <laughs> right, right. version. But then a more casual person. But it, it, there's there's the option, you know, and then they can still ha- enjoy it and learn something and well, and uh, have fun. And I think that's what I love about it the most. One thing that concerns me about the Walt Disney Company in general is how much as they evolve and as you know, we're trying to connect with future generations. There's a loss of a lot of that history. And you have so many people. I mean, we know several of our friends that have dedicated their lives to try and preserve the history of the Disney family and the history of the parks. And I, even some of these older films, Disney has kind of had this feeling of, you know, let's put all of our things Let's archive them, even films, right? Like we're not going to make these things accessible, you know, old Mickey cartoons that, you know, you have to buy in a tin, you know, <laughs> somewhere from eBay. You yeah, they hide like them away. They make $80 for it. Difficult to and find. And in yeah. this world where so much information is accessible, they've made their information the least accessible of any company and any history. And if there's any company that we want to know the history of more it's the disney company yeah. and so it's interesting that they sort of lock away this information when there's this huge interest and fan base and also i think a part of their culture and something that will prepare propel their culture into the future is their willingness to share it and i think it softens the blow when they do take out malstrom something that you love yeah, yeah. they can reproduce or they can move part of that attraction over to the museum, let you still enjoy it through reminisce the form of a right. ride, not the full version, and that's going to be painful still. But right. I think it does it does uh, throw us a bone. You know, anything from a ride vehicle to even just yeah, some some exhibits or something. So the Walt Disney Theme Park History Museum, sponsored by D twenty three where you have to wait the night before <laughs> in line right. to see what you want to see the, line. the next day. <laughs> and then nobody knows what actually where you're supposed to enter the line. That's yeah. right. And then, yeah, there's some people who are in a different line end up being the actual line that goes yes. in. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a win-win for everyone, for the guests, for the fans, for the casual fans, for different age groups, for management, for Disney management. I think you can operate in a certain way that will allow for better guest uh, control, crowd control. You have the option of coming at a certain time. You purchase a ticket to the museum, and there is an arrival time, for example. Uh, There are a lot of different things that museums around the world have have found that work really well Mm -hmm. and keep the the flow. And and this museum really could uh, be one that you can – uh, you can wander. You can go at your own pace. You can go from here to there to there. You could skip things you you want to skip. 
Uh, one one exhibit I think would be uh, very popular would be a, a wed Imagineering wing yeah. of the museum. Very cool. Where yeah. you walk through now, picture Walt Disney on his television show walking around, and it was a, of course a, a a set that they built. But he's walking around wed enterprises. He's walking around, uh, and people are making. Uh, rides. They're conceptualizing. They're painting. They're, yeah. they're they're sculpting. They're working. They're building a model. Uh, somebody is putting feathers on a tiki bird, and he's walking around. And he's talking about the world's fair. He's talking about the haunted mansion, and he's he's asking these Imagineers about what's this and what's that and what do yeah. you call this and then the pirates and you and you the really cool environment. Things are hanging from the ceiling, and you have all this cool artwork on the walls. Let's recreate some of that. And you get to walk around, you get to see some models. Let's pull some of the models out of storage. Yeah. A lot of them have been destroyed, unfortunately. But, right. but maybe this is a place to showcase um, things that the archives yeah. don't have an opportunity to showcase. Uh, let's put them in there. Uh, let's maintain them. Let's do it. Let's do it right. We can get, we can get Tony Baxter on board as a consultant. Uh, he'll be reporting to the three of us, of <laughs> course, right. and uh, we'll be the managing directors of of the new museum. <laughs> I love it. I do too, Mitch. I, I absolutely love this and idea. And lots of seating, little benches oh, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So people whose feet are tired from the parks, they can just sit in front of something and yeah. take yeah. it some in cool for as long Some as cool art or yeah. some neat yeah, I think it would, space. It's, it's a change of pace. From everything you experience at the the parks, yeah. I was at Disneyland the other day. I was looking for benches more than I probably ever have before. As as the years go on, <laughs> oh yeah, and my feet Absolutely. are getting tired. I'm thinking I needed some shade and I need some yeah. place to sit. It was a little harder They're to find. Harder to find, yeah. And I think like at the Magic Kingdom too, right. like impossible. Yeah. So this would be a really nice uh, a day activity for the family. Yeah. Oh, I do too. I just absolutely. And and they've tried to build something similar to this within the parks. You know, there's places where they have the models and yeah, some one of man's the, dream. Yeah, one man's right, dream. Right, wasn't a dream. Or even back in the day when remember when uh, the lobby of Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln was the Walt oh, Disney, Disney story. Land? Yes. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, I loved that as a kid. I yeah. just loved it. Well, speaking of which, they had this. Uh, they had the I think it was Hoot Gibson Owl, the Professor Owl animatronic up there, and he was talking about. This and that, and they have like a kind of a projected yep. chalkboard and everything. What if what if there was a mascot for this museum? Maybe a Professor Owl type character, and and throughout the museum you would have his voice introducing certain things. Yeah, uh, you'd have him the, the kind of the the mascot on the merchandise. Yeah, uh, you'd have animatronics, anim- animatronic versions of this owl, kind of here and there uh, as you go through the museum, and he could talk and he can tell you certain things so maybe you make it exciting uh in that way uh, of course you offer some great dining you have the, the full service and quick service dining right uh, this could be really an all-day thing you can get there in the morning have a nice meal there have some nice snacks plan your day around all the different things you want to see and it's really something that you'd want to probably come back to the next time you go to disney world oh yeah, yeah. well and i think just the fact that I, I think that they've multiple times they've tried to do something like this where it, it has a different energy than the go 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 of a theme yeah. park but they've never really successfully done it even when they built animal kingdom i know when they 
opened Disney's Animal Kingdom, they intentionally set the Tree of Life further back. You know, they filled the place with fog. They didn't distribute park maps when they first opened it. They wanted you to wander and explore. They wanted it to be that that energy, right? And the, the... fans they didn't want it right the fans when you get out to a theme park you're thinking about those e-ticket attractions and how long is the wait gonna be and how much can you fit in in the day and so there's not i mean there's only really nerdy people like us who are willing to like take part of their busy theme park day and be like i want to go spend some time in one man's dream you know like, like i think that there's but but i think when the intent is why don't we have this place where it literally is off the beaten Mm -hmm. path where it could have a completely different energy but i like the idea that you have something rotating too even like your idea with the theater you know what if you have a a theater that's has captain eo for a little while and then it has yeah you know yeah the making of me. No, I don't know. <laughs> that might be an appropriate place. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> We're talking about the history, you know. Yeah. Um, anyways, good idea, Mitch. Let's Mitch, do it. Mitch, uh, thanks. It. I know. I I'm already thinking. I just wish it were already open. You know. Let's go. Steal our ideas. Yes, please. Give us a call. <laughs> Give us a call. Mitch, Stan, and I have had this really cool opportunity to go and visit Pixar's campus in California, and we kind of just wanted to take a second to walk those of you who haven't been there uh, through it, because it's a really, really cool campus, and I have to say, there are very few places that I feel more inspired than I do when I exit that campus. I think it's a really, really cool space, and I think what Steve Jobs did with it is really, really awesome, both just in the way that it's laid out, but just the the creativity and the, the camaraderie that it creates. It really is an amazing place. It is. Yeah, we we just basically wanted to do a walkthrough. And first of all, in order to tour Pixar, you have to know someone there. And so we were lucky enough to be connected with an animator who was so kind to to take us through and has taken us through uh, two visits. And they don't do public tours. I thought I read somewhere that either that Adventures by Disney, you know, that kind of high-end... Travel to see yeah. that, that, or somewhere, and I think even D23 offered like a pay, you had to pay a whole truckload of money. <laughs> you know, to, 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 okay. But to do a tour. So if anyone who works at Pixar ever offers, like, hey, you should come by, take them up on the opportunity. The answer is because yes. it is really cool. Get yourself on an airplane. Regardless of how you feel about their films, <laughs> I mean, really, it's a, it's a creative. Yeah. Wonderland. Yeah. And if you know anything about Pixar, you know that one of their biggest themes is that story is king. So they ask everyone there, whether you're an editor, an animator, or whatever, check your ego at the door. Everyone's there to create a great story. And they've really built a space that helps back that up. And I think it, it's really cool. When you get to 
Pixar, you pull up and first of all, you just, you see the sign, you know, you drive up, they have a security booth. They'll of course say, who did you know? And they, you've got to present everyone who's yeah. going to be there. You already have to be on the list, right? Or you're, you've you're, got to be on, on the, the list. list. Yeah. yeah. You walk up and everywhere on the campus is beautiful. Um, as we mentioned before, Steve Jobs is the one who designed the campus. Um, and Steve Jobs just has great taste. You, you kind of walk up and, and the first thing that you see on the campus is the um, Luxo lamp shining down on on the Pixar like ball. Like a 30-foot one? Yeah. yeah and it's, it's giant. You, you walk into the main building, which they, of course, renamed the Steve Jobs building after Steve Jobs, and you, you walk into this huge space that has just vaulted ceilings, and it's... It's that atrium that's, this, that's become quite iconic. Yes. It's recognizable. Yes. You see it in all the specials, and you see... You see photos of it. Yes, and Pixar is getting larger now. I'm not sure if they still have their their company meetings there, but when they had any iconic company meeting, it was in that atrium. Like when they, they, like when they had to tell everybody that they let Disney buy them. They had to break the bad news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think that like when they win an Academy Award or something, that they'll have you know that following Monday or whatever, they'll have kind of a big. Yeah, they'll do like the paper, celebration, uh, yeah. paper airplane competitions and yeah, and what and what's cool is whatever film is about to come out, whatever people are working on, there is just this really gorgeous artwork of yeah. everything from that large, film. Large, large, installations. Yeah, mm-hmm. they'll take a little tiny thumbnail sketch, like a little color sketch, uh, and then make it something that originated two inches wide and make it and large of a giant wall. And they're gorgeous. They're beautiful. Yeah. The last time we went, it was Coco, which is just a beautiful film anyway. I love the animation in Coco. And they had not just this artwork, but even uh, the little flags, if you guys remember, the flags yes. that they created That's right. that those, were like individually designed. Paper, yeah, the those paper cutout ones. Paper cutout flags. So the main kind of common areas are somebody's got to be in charge of doing the decoration because it's simple, it's clean, yeah. it's well done, it's not overly done, it's not tacky. And then, of yes. course, the individual spaces can be kind of whatever goes. But, yes. yeah, it's really, they kind of transform the, the area, that main area, a little bit according to the, the current the current film production. Right. And if you turn, so you're walking into Pixar, and if you, so you, the first thing you see is just you're kind of taken in by this big, gorgeous space. And if you turn to the left, you're going to see your registration desk and if you turn to the right you're going to see this case and it's f- most the first thing you see is all the awards that Pixar oh, yeah, all the it's Oscars just, yeah it's amazing yeah, know, you're just like they're of awards overwhelmed with how many awards uh, but what's cool about it is if you look a little bit closer you'll see some really sentimental things are in there and I think my favorite thing that's in there is there's a little Woody doll that has just been loved to pieces. And oh, and it's falling apart. It's, it's like falling really apart. Yeah. Yes, and there's a note on there from a parent who like sent this doll back to Pixar with this story about how her son has like loved this doll, and it's just really touching yeah. because they they it just shows how much they created characters that matter to people. 
Yeah, it's a nice little exhibit. It's it not is. little at all. It's <laughs> no, a lot it of awards. <laughs> yeah. So um, if you stay kind of down on that main level, you have a cafeteria. If you kind of you're walking into the atrium, you'll see a cafeteria on your left. It's the Luxo Junior Cafe, isn't that what they, yes. they yeah. call that, I think? And everyone gets free cereal. Yes, so that's a, you know, that's the cereal bar room. Look, was it's legit. great, yeah. legit. Okay, so if if you turn to your right, they have there's a little, little store that they have with Pixar the company store stuff. company merchandise. Yeah. Yes, where you know, which was also legit. Yeah, I think we all scored some pretty yeah. cool yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, we stuff. Funny things there. Exclusive stuff. You don't yeah. find a lot of that stuff elsewhere. Yeah. Right. Um, but there's also this room that's their cereal room, and you know, um, it's with corporate culture becoming more of a thing. Uh, cereal is one of the staples of you know good corporate culture, <laughs> yes. I would say. But no one does it better than Pixar. I mean, they have a wall of cereal yeah. and like a fridge full of every kind of milk. Oh, kind that of was milk. amazing to almond me. Almond milk, it's soy all milk, whatever yeah. milk. Oh, oh yeah, soy almond. <laughs> you know. Didn't we take a picture of that? Fridge? Oh, we did. Yeah, I think oh, we, we definitely did. did. Yeah. And then to our surprise, and not to get ahead of you, there was a second cereal room in that second building that other building that yes. brooklyn building yeah 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 yes i mean what my favorite thing about pixar is is that um the main hallways and the main areas are very clean very pristine very thought out um but when it comes to your own individual space you can do whatever you want so you'll be walking down these hallways that are just clean and beautiful and nice and then you'll walk by someone's office and it'll be painted purple and full of Japanese lanterns. When you go up the stairs on either side, there's going to be artwork of recent films. And oh, does that mean you're like in a museum? Didn't yeah. you just feel that way? And I, oh yeah, they treat it like a museum. Yeah, I loved it. Really nice. And you kind of, and statues, right? Like resin statues yes. of the... Okay. the, the yeah. Yes. Um, and, and I actually asked them, like, what happens when you make the next film and, like, you're going to take all this artwork and put it somewhere? Oh, yeah, I forgot you asked that. What did and, they say? Yeah, it was, like, they, they literally warehouse it. Yeah. Like, it's Indiana Jones it's style, to, yeah, right? It's, it's like, going to be Indiana yeah, Jones warehouse right? like, up in Emeryville. Like, somewhere. In crates, <laughs> you know? But they've got, you know, I think they have an archivist. They're ar- you're an ar- archival team that's, yeah, that's... Oh, they've got to. Yeah, I that's mean, saving all that. And the cool thing about it is that when you go through the the one hallway that's the current production, you're seeing a lot of things that you've never seen on right. the trailer or that you've read about. All right. Stuff yeah. that has not been released. So you're seeing things. We're seeing artwork about the dog, Dante, uh-huh. in Coco. Yeah. That alludes to what happens, what happens to, the to Dante the dog. And who, who the dog is. Spoiler. Right. And you go, whoa, okay. Now you start to piece things together. Right. Yeah. Remember that one giant, there was like a foyer at the end of the hallway. There was a giant, I think they had these color boards where they had. They call it like the, like the color script. Yeah, right? the color script. And you go and you and you could follow the whole story based on just the, the drawings. I mean, this is, these are 40 feet They're long. They're huge, They're huge, yeah. And you're what you're looking like kind of like a comic strip fashion. You're going left to right. Yeah, like row storyboard. By row. Yeah. And then at the, at the end. The last several are covered they with had them covered. Yeah, they cover them up so that they, they, they don't yeah, give it away. So they give it away. I thought that was a nice touch, actually. Oh. Yeah. And then remember the chairs right there? 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Walt Disney. The the chairs from Walt Disney's the office. Kim Weber design. They were from uh, the studio. So uh, from from the the Burbank studios. So was it, it Kim Weber designed this specific chair? Yeah, they had made a bunch of them. Some in Walt's office. Some in other parts. Other of the parts studio, of the right? other parts of the uh, the animation building. Yeah. And they, yeah. Had four of them there in the this yeah. kind of upper lobby. That oh, was nice. And was, you can't take any pictures in that area, which just kills me because I just really want my I picture know, so in I one know. of those chairs. Yeah. We were all <laughs> very, very. Uh, we were geeking out over those chairs. They they're beautiful. I tried to steal one of those chairs. But <laughs> they, they caught they, on. They wouldn't let me. And then we tried to cover for you. And they just were. They, no, they weren't, they weren't going for that. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite piece of art was the one that shows the city that Miguel walks into at when he first it walks into the the world the of, the, of dead. the dead yeah, yeah. Um, and the artist explained that the world was created by different centuries essentially different generations created yeah. different parts of the world yeah so the bottom piece was the oldest part and then the newer yeah. parts got created on top of it and on top so of it so it got more modern it. as it went higher yeah architecture and yeah that was neat and so it kind of gives you this opportunity to really like take in the art of this film that mm-hmm. and, and the thoughtfulness that went behind creating it which yeah. i thought was really cool so we kind of went up and down in a weird order it was kind of random it wasn't like we took like this really kind of neat and it was a we, different... were, we were kind of doing like a zigzag in a way yeah. were we, this so we went, the second trip <laughs> we definitely went on a different route through the building than we did the first time yes so we ended up doing the gallery the one gallery that was coco specific yeah and that had all those cool spoilers and stuff we ended up going down to the coco production offices where the director leon yeah. and, and his people and then all of the animators are kind of connected to that area uh and we're standing there and who walks by Lee Unkrich, the director, and a brain trust member in early, he was what, one of the first few? He was one of the first few employees at, employees at Pixar. Pixar yeah. Going back to yeah. the Toy Story. And he walks by, which is kind of a geeky moment for us, and his people walk by, and it seems so casual. Like, does everybody just kind of walks around. The first time we saw Ed Catmull, president of Pixar, or yeah. then president of Pixar, just standing there talking to somebody, and Andrew Stanton just walked right by us. It was It was very casual it's a great environment to see these people that you've read about and watched uh, on these special bonus features and you've 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 watched the films and now you're standing in these spaces where all these movies have been created and these people who created the movies are walking around and they're working and they're talking you know ed catmull really made it a point for there to be structural hierarchy which is necessary in order to run a company but communication and the way people feel about each other is not in that hierarchy. You know, anyone can talk to anyone, anyone can have a conversation with anyone. And I that's something that I know he worked really, really hard on. And so it was really cool to see that come to life where, yeah, you're just sitting there and Ed Catmull is walking around just like anyone else. Yeah. I would suggest anybody interested in any part of the creative process or filmmaking or animation Read Ed Catmull's book. Yeah, and I would not limit that Creativity to... Creativity, Inc. Creative companies. I think any company yes. could, benefit could benefit from, from his from, book. Yeah. Any kind of company would benefit from that, and any type of employee or boss or manager. Yes. So if you want to get a, a good idea of what the culture of Pixar 
has been and how it's evolved because it wasn't always perfect. It still is not perfect. Right. Read the book from the president of Pixar, co-founder of Pixar, right. Dave Catmull. Uh, you could also read, there are other books about the Disney studios and how much they differ from Pixar. For example, Disney War yeah. and some other books. Yeah. You get a really, you get a really good grasp of, okay, not every studio operates the same way. Right. Pixar really is different than all of these other studios. Mm -hmm. that, it's really I unique. Mean, very unique. Yeah. It's Northern California, Northern California, not Southern California. It's really kind of built to be the anti-Hollywood yeah. studio. Well, and Ed Catmull talks about that in his book. I thought that's one of, one of the most interesting chapters is when he brings in the L.A. film crew into his culture, right, to work on Toy Story. And he really works hard to make sure that the creative personalities and the technical personalities in his company feel very equal and that there's a lot of camaraderie there and then doesn't really think there's going to be an issue to bring in these L.A. filmmakers. And when they go to this group and say, well, now it's time to make Toy Story 2, the filmmakers are the ones kind of being like, well, actually, we're not interested and him kind of having to go through that whole process of being like oh wow like I didn't realize there was a problem no one had talked to me about it and having to kind of take this LA film culture and integrate it into Pixar culture and kind of having to make some adjustments on both sides in order yeah. to make the culture work. I think a lot of them had been in other studios previously and they'd seen how difficult the creative process could be when you don't have the support of management or when you have uh, there were a a lot of difficult years at Disney and a lot of that was fresh in their minds when they were making Pixar. Right. And so it's an interesting history. And I really like the history when uh, Disney starts to really kind of put their paws on the creative process at Pixar and Pixar is resisting saying, hold on, wait a second. Uh, Toy Story 2 is a good example. And, and then when Eisner wanted to purchase Pixar and then Iger comes in. It's this whole really, really cool history of uh, how a powerful company and an up-and-coming studio really want what the other one has in, in certain ways. It's full of drama. It's full of contention and fighting, backbiting, blackmail, all sorts of crazy things. Yeah. And if you dig into it, it's, it's pretty fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah, every time I read Pixar's story... I, I like wonder if they're going to make it, you know, and no, then I remember right? that they do. Yeah, but it's it, they really do have a, a great story. Um, and what's cool is just as you're kind of walking around this building to see how some of those things play out in real life is, is really interesting. Our favorite part by far, I will, I will speak for you guys, but my favorite part is the uh, animators area. Oh, absolutely. It's I mean, so great. <laughs> it's just so yeah. it's amazing. What they, you know. And they just went nuts with the yeah. spaces. They really just kind of go at it, and they make it a really cool environment, nicely lit, yes. cool props. They buy really cool things. I went one time before these two trips during the Ratatouille production, and I was invited by somebody, and they had a whole entire Chuck E. Cheese animatronic. You know that show they had? In the yes. Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> 
<laughs> they had a Chuck E. Cheese, and they they said the animators all pitched in and bought this thing off eBay. That's amazing. Like, That's so crazy. Like huge. I can totally picture that there, you know, or something like that. And the giant D from the Disneyland sign, from like Disneyland Hotel sign, or stuff yeah. they found on eBay, and they just kind of filled these hallways with the stuff. And then I don't know what happened to the Chuck E. Cheese animatronics. They weren't there when we went the first yeah, time. Yeah, should um, ask them about that. What happened? Remember that place? <laughs> I think it might have been upstairs. We were standing there talking about cubicles or something. And we look over and there's like a door partly open in this huge room full of Incredibles 2. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're inching our way and over there. We're like, Mitch and I were, we're like standing there like sticking our head in that doorway thinking, how can we get pictures of this? Because... I mean, it showed it showed characters we didn't yeah, know about. Yeah, we didn't know about. And, and yeah. uh, just artwork. And, and, and some of the, you know, uh, backgrounds, but just settings, you know, different. Yeah, a different, lot of set. Yeah, set artwork piece. Yeah. Stuff. And then there was that other building, the, the like the newer building yes. uh, on the same campus. There, the, the animator that we were with, he was pointing up to these windows. He said, right up there, they're going over films that are like really really yeah. the beginning of the development process right they, i mean these are like these aren't the ones that have been announced they aren't the ones that have been developed these aren't <laughs> right. the ones that have been even pitched to management these are the ones that are like barely being yeah. developed from the very beginning and i i remember we were looking in that window a lot too thinking man what what can we possibly what see what can we right. see because there was art everywhere yeah well, and it makes me wonder, you know, we have two new Pixar movies yeah. coming out with maybe we saw, you know, yeah, so, like yeah. maybe something was in there that we that yeah. we were we saw some stuff from Onward their or beginning stages. Yeah. Um, well, so let's let's go back to the the animator space. They bought these little cabins, and they kind of set them like similar, yeah. Yeah. And the, and then these animators, they can do whatever they want with the space. So kind of like what we, we mentioned, some people painted there. Some people built a second story on top of it. People have offices as well. And what's kind of cool is they sort of band together and create themes. So you walk into yeah. one area and it's, it's a jungle. And there's within the jungle, there's a hidden temple and there's a, a crashed plane wreck. Crashed plane office, I think, is probably it's that very Cool. One, of my, one of my favorites. Uh, inside that. the crash plane. Is it the fuselage? Right. You know, what the fuselage. Yeah. And there are like vines and stuff coming through cracks. There are pieces of the And they've actually the like put lighting yes. behind yes. these cracks. <laughs> so I mean, the lighting is like filtering in through the cracks, through the cracks. of the plane. It's it's very cool. We were talking cool. to the guys in that one. There were two of them. They said, you guys could be Imagineers. You could be doing this at the parks. And I think they were flattered, but I think they liked their job. But they, they do a really good job and these are top notch artists. So it's not surprising. So it's, it's really fun. Um, there was one guy who didn't decorate the cabin and I remember, I can't remember what happened, but he went out of town, maybe lost a bet or something. I don't remember, but he came back and like the whole cabin was repainted like yeah. pink with like unicorns oh, on right. it or something. Yeah. yeah. And you know, the guy, he didn't care. So he didn't repaint it either. You know, they just left they just it. Left so it. it's funny. They had a whole uh, glass case full of knockoff toy story uh, oh, toys yeah. from oh, around the world. Yeah, that was yeah. So it's like this tons of, Oh gosh, uh, that's like, funny. Like, Fake Woodies and Buzz yes. and all that. Just really bad Just these, knockoffs. Yeah, these <laughs> so Pixar. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, absolutely. If you get the chance, go. 
So what is the current state of the theme park industry? One of the big trends right now, if not the biggest of trends, is to build an entire land based on a single intellectual property. An entire land based on one franchise. An entire Star Wars land. A Harry Potter land. A Cars land. An Avengers land. Now, previously the, the trend was you build one attraction based on an intellectual property. So you have Star Wars, but you put it into an existing Tomorrowland. You have Indiana Jones, but it's just put into an existing Adventureland. It doesn't take over the entire land. It may take over part of a gift shop. It may have a food cart connected to that attraction. But now the trend is, let's build a whole entire land, and it's going to be based on that one storyline. So pros and cons, is that a good thing for the industry? Do we see it going anywhere? Are we going to keep seeing that for another decade? What do you guys think? Well, you know, it's interesting because you and I, Mitch, had this conversation over a decade ago. I don't know if you'll remember this, but I was like, we should build a whole land on Alice in Wonderland. Like you should like walk through the rabbit hole and feel like you're falling down the rabbit hole and then there should be a hedge maze and there should be a Cheshire cat that pops up and a told you would and I was like I was loving this idea and and you were the one who was like you would never do that you never build a whole land on one Did movie oh yeah you were you were against the idea well pretty, yeah. pretty vehemently against the idea um, it I've, was, changed, interesting. I've changed my tune a little bit, okay, but so keep I, going. I've thought about this a lot over the years, and it's it's been interesting to see people actually doing it. And I will say Wizarding World, I know we're talking about Disney here, but Wizarding World is probably one of the most beautiful pieces of theme park that I've ever seen. And I feel like the thoughtfulness behind that piece of theme park blows everything else at Universal out of the water. It really is what got this trend started. Yeah. yeah. The popularity, and, right? Well, I mean, just the excellent execution, right? Amazing. Of it. Yeah. So beautiful. <laughs> Every corner of that place was thought out. And and I think that it was it was one of those moments where, you know, I walked and this is before the expansion or anything, just that very first part that was in Islands of Adventure and just walked in that piece of theme park and thought, wow, I mean, if they bulldozed this whole park down and made it all Harry Potter, I'd be thrilled, you know, like <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. just so cool <laughs> what mm-hmm. they made there. You know, and I'm, I'm it was saying, a game changer. Like it or love it, like it or hate it. It was a yeah, game absolutely. Changer. It was really, yeah. really cool. And so yeah, you do see other, you know, theme parks trying to respond to it. You know, they did the Fantasyland expansion, which, you know, in my opinion, didn't really touch Wizarding World. I think that there was kind of their answer to it, but it didn't yeah, go that far I, enough. You know, so then they... Well, Avatar, they did the Pandora thing. Yeah, the whole Pandora. Of, then they bring in Star Wars after they, you know, purchase Star Wars. And I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. Um, I think it, if it's done well, and, and I think you have to pick a story where there's a lot to that story. Pandora makes me a little nervous because it was one movie and I know they're making more movies. I think that when you pick this one story and create this whole part of it, you know, that's. And that was my reservation. Yeah. Why put, why put all the eggs in one basket? Yeah. Oh yeah. We've got this, you know, the single land, like, you know, Cars Land or, or, you know, Galaxy's Edge or Star Wars or whatnot. But not only is it, is it a land, but then they try to make it this whole, experience like yeah you're 
you're not only you're you're like having a, your own adventure in this land, and so all everything around it, from you know the signage to to the park employees, you know, cast members at Disney and right. uh, restrooms and the dining and the yeah, the the. You're not supposed to be in this theme park. You are literally, I mean, they want you to literally feel like you've been transported to some kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> new experience. And I have really mixed feelings about some of that. To the See, point I of, love that stuff. Uh, I'll just say, uh, as the performer, right? yeah, I'm like, bring me into the story. Okay, but I Star, love it. Those Star Wars people, come on. I, I asked if this was the place you build a lightsaber, and, and the lady said, <laughs> this is, what's it called? What's the shop called? Savi's Workshop. This is... This is where Savi sells scrap metal, and I go, um, so, like lightsabers. Can I build a lightsaber here? Savi deals in scrap metal. I said, "Is this or is this not the place to build a star uh, lightsaber?" Savi here deals in. Here. Okay, can you point me to the? Okay. I know. So maybe they're, they need a little the, bit of help with the with the improvisation. So like, frustrating. It's like I just want to buy a coke. You know, I don't yeah. need like all this all story. Well, the droids have. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I just I appreciate it. I like the idea yeah, of extent, like but... you know, but maybe but... I'm not a magic killer like some people. <laughs> oh, brother! <laughs> but no, but. but Am I wrong thinking that those those seem to be going hand in hand? Not only have just like one particular theme, but then also they're taking it to this another level where they are expecting you that that you're gonna that you want that that kind of interactivity. Where sometimes I just want to buy a coke, you know, and yeah. not and not have somebody have tell me some kind of story or or I think you know, call right. my call my credit card. Galactic credits or whatever. Well, and I do wonder if some of it will wear off as well. You know, I yeah. mean, I'm yeah. sure people on Main Street were really gung ho at one point. But I got to tell you, that my experience when I went to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and I've been to the one at Disneyland. Yeah. And you know, I love. I'm, I'm a big. I'm a lifelong Star Wars fan. So walking into that area, I really. I mean, in a way, I did feel transported. Yeah. I think there are a couple of really strong advantages to bu- advantages to building an entire land based on one story. For one, you build it from the ground up. You design it all at once. Yes. Yeah. You build it all at yeah. once. It's not an overlay of an existing land. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not the troublesome, awful Tomorrowland, Tomorrowland being repainted and re. Like, uh... It's not Pixar Pier that was Paradise Pier, and then it was like. Paradise Pier 2.0, then it's now picks. It's not some overlay yes, exactly. where they're slapping on yeah. obscure references to something that was never intended to be in that land. It's a land that you start from the ground up. Advantage number two, I think, Stan, you've mentioned this, is that you spend a lot of time in one theme. Uh, so if you have, I love Adventureland. I mean, I adore all Adventurelands. Oh, yeah. But if you're going from kind of one theme to the next, even though they're loosely related, it's really easy in Disneyland. I love Disneyland, but you you kind of get into a theme and then you get out of it real quickly, mm-hmm. get back into another theme, get out of it quickly. And that's a fun thing. I think that there are advantages to that experience as well. Yeah. But it is nice to have, uh, like I wish Expedition Everest, if it had like more to do, I wish it had a boat ride, for example. <laughs> If it had yeah. two or three things to do, like attractions built into that mountain, mm-hmm. um, they have the Yak and Yeti kind of down the road, which is, I think is really good. So you can have kind of that 
multi-layered and that really amazing cube but it's still all part of the same single attraction it seems like and then uh lily here was this really cool streetmosphere character what was that um story walkers and we're getting off track here but story walkers was a really cool thing were you friends with a story walker (laughs) (laughs) i was friends with a story walker uh but if if you had a two three hour experience over at Everest, where you had the the street entertainment, you have the two or three attractions, you have the little show, you have the full service restaurant and the quick service restaurant, you have the three gift shops. It's kind of its own mini land, but instead, what it is now is you go and you get your fast pass and you you ride the roller coaster, you experience Everest, and then you're out of there and you do something completely different. Now you're in Pandora or somewhere else. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I think there is an advantage to having an area that says, okay, you're committed. You can commit to this theme for an hour, two hours, three hours, mm-hmm. yeah. and really do a lot of different things. Well, and what's interesting about that, you you brought up Expedition Everest. Um, part of the reason that they put that show that I was in there is because around Everest is a total dead zone. And, and that was one of the reasons they put the attraction there was to just like draw people to that area of the park. But there is almost nothing around it. You know, you kind of have a body of water in front of it. You have some monkeys that are a little bit down the road, which I don't know how much I, ironically, how people, how much people stop and see the animals in Animal Kingdom, but <laughs> so I really like kind of what you're saying is instead of having one e-ticket attraction that people are going to just run to and run away from, having an experience that can really draw people in really helps out not just the theme but the whole energy of the park and the way things flow. I think that's one thing that Animal Kingdom is kind of guilty of is like they have a few rides that people want to see. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard people giving advice about Walt Disney World, but oh, you know, I mean, Animal Kingdom, you could probably do in a couple hours, you know, and then go to the Everest. That's it. Yeah, yeah, just kind of go do something else, you know. And I think it's part of that is just that there there wasn't enough built around some of these themes to draw people in to stay, you know. Well, if you're going to build a hundred million dollar attraction, why not build a hundred and twenty million dollar attraction that keeps people there? three times as long or four times right, as long. Right, right. Uh, so the the advantage of the entire land based on one. Cars Land does that well, I think. I think Cars Land, and I'm glad they put it in uh, California Adventure. Yeah. It seems to be more fitting than in Disneyland. That's one of my big right. complaints about Star Wars and Disneyland. Yeah. But, I mean, that's you don't want to touch Disneyland unless you're really sure it, it, it makes sense. This has been a production of ImagineeringDisney.com. Thank you for listening.